Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. It's a Garrison Financial Friday. We're not going to have Scott today. Because we are inside the big house. It's cha- it is a semifinal Friday right here for the Class A and B Boys and Girls State Tournament. One game is underway just a minute into the first quarter. The Class B Boys semifinal between number one Fort Cobb Roxton and the defending champion number 10 Glencoe Panthers. So uh, things have gotten tipped off already here this morning inside the big house. Coming up on the show today, uh, we're on site and we're going to have a couple of different guests. We've got the Calumet head coach, Jacob Mayfield, coming up here in a few minutes. It's uh, 9.15. And then also with the uh, OSSAA, we're going to be able to talk to Brian Lester as Brian came from the coaching side of things last year at Tuttle. Now here he is as the uh, kind of the director of the basketball tournaments. He's the one that put everything together uh, from Class B all the way up through Class 4A, I believe, as far as the basketball tournaments. So I think it would be interesting to get his perspective on uh, being in both of those rooms, one on the coaching side, one on the uh, OSSA administrative side. Um, so that's what we got planned today. Uh, Jared, it's been a, a good start this, this is to the, be the AMB, AMB State Tournament. Yeah, this is going to be the hardest show because I'm going to be one watch this game <laughs> and not work. But um, we're, we're here to work. We're here to have, have fun. And, and this is a fun atmosphere, like you said. A great start. First round is done. Second round, semifinal Friday has commenced. Now we're back on that regular schedule that we're used to. So starting early here with Fort Cobb and Glencoe as Fort Cobb is taking back the lead. See, when you're courtside like this and you have a headset on and you're in a gym, my natural, I just want to do some play-by-play. Uh, that's not what we're here to do, but I'm excited, Aaron. we got a uh, fun matchups throughout the rest of the day, none bigger, I think. Obviously, for local interest, we got Hammond. Yeah. Uh, uh, getting a big win last night there in the semifinals. We'll cover all that coming up. And we're not just talking about state tournament today. We have uh, the Meridor Lurettes, who could possibly punch your ticket to next week's state tournament. So there's a lot on the docket for today's show. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, the Lurettes, the people were asking yesterday, I saw a bunch, why can't you video Hammond and Leedy? Why can't you video? Well, we can't because we don't have the contract uh, like the NFHS does with the OSSAA. But guess what? The Merritt Oilerettes can still be on video. That's right. In the area final. So you can check that one out. Merritt versus Hooker. That's at 6 o'clock tonight, a Class 2A area final from up at the Stride Center in Enid. The Oilerettes, 24 straight wins after that opening season loss to Canute. Uh, they're Class 2A's number three, taking on number 13, Hooker. Those two teams haven't met this year. They did last year in the regional final, a game that Hooker won 45-29. So the Oilerettes trying to punch their ticket for the second straight year into the 2A area final against a team that, you know, they got a little bit of the, re- the revenge uh, on their side after the loss in the regional tournament last year to Hooker. So that, uh, that's something to look forward to at 6 o'clock tonight. Also, 7.30 as far as our broadcast schedule, you mentioned 
the Hammond Lady Warriors uh, knocked off, <coughs> excuse me, Lady, uh, the Lady Bison yesterday. And it, 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 it's a historic performance. That's, that's all there is to say <laughs> about what Hammond did. Uh, 82-23 to 23 was the final there. So we'll have the Lady Warriors in the Class B semifinals tonight. That game is scheduled to tip off at 7.30. So Ed and Kenneth around a 7.15 pregame show for the 7.30 tip between the Hammond Lady Warriors and number seven, the Buffalo Valley uh, Lady Buffaloes, I think. Is that what they really are called? Buffs, Buffalo, Buffs. Buffs. I thought I was hearing referred to it. They said, at least their men's team had buffs, the buffs on their jersey. Yeah. So I bet they're lady buffs, yeah. All right, let's, let's recap what happened yesterday uh, in the Class B tournaments. We mentioned the Lady Warriors of Hammond, 82-23 to 23 over Crod, uh, Coach Broadbent's Lady Bison of Leedy. Man, it was just one of those games, right, that you see every now and then where one team couldn't necessarily do anything right and the other team couldn't do anything wrong. Hammond from behind the arc ended up 14-25. of 25. I think at one point in the second half, there were 14 of 19 from behind the three-point arc, and then they missed a few toward the end as they started subbing some people in uh, in and out. But just a virtuoso performance last night from the Hammond Lady Warriors in the Class B girls, uh, girls quarterfinal. I think it's what we've always seen when Hammond, when it works for them, when everything works for them and their game plan is perfect, that's what you get. And yesterday they played a dang near perfect game from everybody who stepped on the court. Now that's not, and you can't really fault Leedy for that. I mean, when everything is going in, I mean, and Leedy did everything they could to contain West and then just kind of hope that perimeter shooting would uh, not happen the way it happened yesterday. It just is what it is. It was just the perfect storm uh, brewing for Hammond and um you know, watching, I'm, I, I know I told you this in the right up here. I was like, man, I'm sitting here thinking, save some for today. Save some for Saturday. But how do you do that when you bring in the girls who, uh, you know, she cleared her bench and everybody got an opportunity to get into the state tournament, which is special. And even they were hitting them too. It was just, it was actually kind of fun to watch when you saw those young ladies uh, have as much success as the ones and twos do. So that, that was really fun. Um, just from a fan's perspective, just from watching it. and um, But uh, kudos to Coach Broadbent and Leedy. Uh, you know, with the way their season has gone, they're obviously very young. And we kind of talked about that with him when we had him on the show earlier this week. Like, this isn't just – this isn't the end for them. I mean, they are clearly – uh, set to have a little bit of a run here, so I fully expect them to contend for a, 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 a spot in the state tournament next year. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it was the end of the road for Riley Gore. She's been a fantastic player up there for Lee her entire career. Obviously last year with the injury, not able to play, but came back on the floor, led her Lady Bison, uh, helped lead to the state tournament uh, this year in her senior year. But it, you're right, it was just, listen, it was just one of those things you see every now and then in basketball. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me so much of uh, 2016 in the Final Four when Oklahoma came in on a roll, Buddy Hield's team, and they ran into Villanova who just couldn't miss. And, and things just got out of hand because of how good Villanova played that night. Right. It's kind of the way it went for the Lady Bison last night. Hammond ties the largest margin of victory in the class or in the uh, girls' state tournament uh, with that 59-point win. It equaled 1989 Lomega in Eagle Town. I think that score was 87 to 39. I believe was the final score, something like that. And uh, as it turns out, because of when that game was played. I guess it's the largest margin of victory of a five-on-five -five game in the girls' state tournament of all time because that Lomega game had to have been six-on-six six back in the, the uh, late 80s. So great right. performance by Hammond. Heck of a season from Leedy. It just uh, was the end of the road last night. So the Lady Warriors now will play Buffalo Valley. Talk about a good performance. Buffalo Valley hammered Varnum 63-29. to Michaela Harris for Buffalo Valley had 18 points, 12 rebounds. It's the first state tournament win in Buffalo Valley girls basketball history. So that's a pretty cool thing Speaking of history, to be able yeah. to say there for Buffalo Valley. So that, that game will be 7.30. And then the nightcap is the one that I think everybody thought was coming and everybody's going to get to see Pittsburgh versus Omega. Omega number two, Pittsburgh number three. Pittsburgh is the defending Class B girls state champ. Uh, coming into that game tonight, the nightcap of the evening at 9 o'clock tonight between Pittsburgh and Buffalo Valley. Elsewhere in the Class B boys yesterday, Fort Cobb-Broxton got a two-point win over Goodwell. Eli Willis, what a, what a, we talked about, you know, the, the tragedy with the tornado and all that. What a storybook ending to that game. Tied at 43, 10 seconds left. Goodwell's got the ball. 
Jackson Willits tips an entry pass to a teammate. Uh, Simeon Collins finds Eli Willits in the open floor. He lays it in for the game winner with about five seconds left on the clock. Goodwell had a chance to tie, couldn't get it done. So number one, Fort Cobb, why they're playing today with a 45-43 win. Trey Rogers led him with 18. Glencoe. Won the, re won the rematch. The, defend the defending state champs beat Roth, who they beat to win the title last year. Glencoe wins 52-43. to 43. Jake and Whedon with 23 for Glencoe. And then uh, I see Jacob down over there. I'm about to have to shoot him a text. Calumet, uh, <laughs> the Chieftains beat uh, Sentinel 62-54. That was a fun game to watch. Back and forth. Both teams excelling early on the offensive end. I mean, it was just raining threes inside the big house early. Uh, but uh, Calumet had enough to hold them off. Dalton Belcher led Calumet with 15. And then the last game of the day, or the last game of the boys' bracket yesterday, was Kenta and Buffalo Valley. Kenta wins 54 to 50 over Buffalo Valley. T Terry Veely was 7 of 10, leading Kenta with 19 points. Jace Hunter, 25 and a losing effort for Buffalo Valley. Yeah, the, all, think, I think a lot of it happened was as we expected it to happen in. in in the sense of things, but we got some entertaining games. I maybe a little disappointed in, in overall in the Class B girls. Um, we only really got one good game out of that one. That was the last one yeah. with Pittsburgh and Lakeba Sickles. But um, I mean, if you're Hammond fans, you you don't care. You'd rather I mean win like that and um, win convincingly. And um, I'm interested to see how they respond today after having a, that such a big euphoric win yesterday over. Uh, leady now they got turn around and play you know a Buffalo Valley team you're kind of interested in both their teams like you know what what could they be and they had a dominating win too like you just said over Varnum and and also coach beer with an interesting approach of going all the way home saying I would let them sleep in their own beds tonight and and why not I mean when you have such a big gap between um, uh, games you know they don't play till 730 tonight I kind of like that approach just go home relax Eat some food, sleep in your own bed, put your, you know, and uh, you know instead of have to worry about hotel situations, especially with high school kids when you get on a, uh, get them in a hotel. You All right. Say, you want to take a break or just go we, to Jacob? Can we you hear go to Jacob? Yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah, I got I'm you. sure he wants to watch this game, so let's just <laughs> get him done with, and, and he can get back to the game. All right. First question. Enough of this basketball stuff. How's your golf game? Because I'm going to need it to be really good at the end of April. I <laughs> was just fixing to start next week. <laughs> uh, talk about yesterday, man. Was it? Was it weird looking out there, seeing Ace playing, maybe even hearing Tyler trying to block him out on the other end? Was that weird for you with the relationship that you guys have had over the years? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely different. Uh, we played them earlier in the year at the West Central. Uh, so everything we play, we, uh, everything I run, I, I basically got from him, mm -hmm. most of it. And then he's got some stuff from me. But we, we run a lot of the same stuff, which makes it tough. A lot of times I'm looking down there at him, he's looking at me. Yeah, Matter of fact, one time he said something. I said, what would you say? And he goes, what are you running? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was funny. Uh, now, with that, and it also it takes a lot of the stuff of what we do away from us yesterday. You know, we shot the ball good, which was definitely a bonus for our team. Um, because I know that whatever we run, they run against each other in practice every day. So, and the same vice versa. And I was really worried about some wrinkles he was going to throw in there. And like I said, our kids just come out and played good and shot the ball real well. That that helped get a lead. And when we were able to pull it out, they they couldn't catch us. So you guys have been awesome uh, this year, no doubt about it. In coming into this building, how much does the familiarity that you have with your team being in here year after year after year? Yeah. How much does that help you when you're out on the floor and the shooting and all that kind of stuff? Well. I always say, uh, I tell them this every time before we play here in the locker room, you know, when the game starts, it's almost like you're just playing in another gym. You really, you know, if your players are focused, and you know, they, they don't look up and see how big this place is. or That's never really affected us in our shooting, which is good. Uh, knock on wood, maybe for today. But our guys, they're always prepared, and, they, they, you know, they, they're tough, man. we got a bunch of tough young guys, and, and they, they play hard. Uh, Again, our seniors. So this is our, we, this is our fourth year without. This is our, we went three years and didn't make it. We mm -hmm. uh, had a couple of years. I think we might have been the best team in A and just got some injuries late in the year. It really kind of took us out of our game. But a couple of guys that are seniors now was on the bench as water uh, managers right. or water boys or whatever you want to say. And they so they've been here and they've seen this. And it's not. I mean, they don't get all struck by no means. We played too many tough games. You know, we had a good baseball season this year and went to the semifinals. So. They've played a lot of pressure yep games, so it's just they just get here and kind of go to work, so it's good. Yeah, it, that the, the program that's built over there is one that is 
phenomenal. And you mentioned the water boys and stuff, and that, that stood out to me because when you can get them in here and eventually they're going to be your guys, you know, running your offense and everything, that 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 all is not there. That's, that's yes. pretty impressive. So I have a son that's an eighth grader, and we had a really good junior high team at Calumet. We went undefeated. Uh, best one I've had since I've been there. We really have a lot of good seventh graders that are good and eighth graders are good. And our freshmen, you've seen them. They played mm -hmm. a lot yesterday. We played a lot of them. And uh, so I told my son before we come into this week, because when you get here, it's hard to, it's hard to take it all in and have a good time because everything's so serious. Yeah. You know, the stress level is yeah. out of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody gets sleep. The kids, like I said, everybody's just on pins and needles. And so I told my son as an eighth grader, I just said, enjoy it this year because next year you're going to be in the business <laughs> part of this, you know. That's right. It's, it's, it's the fun year because after that you're going to yeah. have to have him locked in. Um, you, you do seem like you have a pretty young team as far as uh, just looking at them. Uh, is that set a poodle kid? Is that did his dad play at Darko? He did. Okay, that's yes, Ronnie. Ronnie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When I saw that name, I was like, "There's not a whole bunch of that name. It almost has to be him." But when you when you think back to to you being in here, how much does your success as a player help you to be able to manage the game as it goes along for your kids? Well, I mean, I'd like to say a lot, but probably not much. I mean, you know. Like I said, you can just tell them little nuances. Like I said, more than anything, when the game starts, it really is just, you know, the free throw line. It is still the three-point line. It, it, you know, still the game's still played within those lines, and almost all that other stuff is just white cloud, you know, just focusing on what you're doing to play. Hanging out with uh, head coach Jacob Mayfield of the Calumet Chieftains are coming up here in the second game of the day in the Class B Boys State Semifinals. Um, Kenta, if I remember right, you have a little revenge on your mind there. Yeah, Wasn't that a so team this is that almost deja vu for us. Yeah. Uh, so in 17, my first year at Calumet, we actually played, we were the two seed, which we're the two seed right now. We played Kenta in the semis, and then we, we went ahead and won the state that year. And 19, it's not so sweet. Yeah. Just like I said, we led pretty well most of the game, and they took it, they took, they got a lead with about 13 seconds, if I remember right. And, uh, they, they was able to beat us in the state finals then. So, you know, our kids even talked about that. I mean, they, they were younger, like I said, but mm -hmm. they were still around. They, they definitely know what was going on. So, and say, man, that means nothing really. But we talk about it. We've seen Kenta quite a bit. They're super athletic. They're a good team. Uh, people talk about that being upset, but we watched film. You know, we've been watching film. I've got good assistants, and they were watching a lot of film with them, and they, they told me that they thought Kenta would beat Red. Buffalo Valley yesterday. So you let your players talk about that, or do you let them say, "Hey, you remember when they got us then? They got us yeah, you know, yeah, now. Yeah, it's our talk, turn." Yeah. Do you use that? Do you use that as motivation? Well, we try to grab any motivation we can get from anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got to do today? Uh, I, I watched a bunch of that game yesterday with uh, Buffalo Valley and Kenta. You're right. Athletic is all get out. I mean, that play that that kid made on blocking that shot. I know. Yeah, away, that was unbelievable. Really right? unbelievable the, play. Uh, so talking about that is. We 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 had a substantial injury early in our year. We we got a uh, we had a 6'4", 240 pound senior that played in the post that really is a man child and played good for us all summer. He actually had a knee problem last year and didn't get to play last season, so he's now lost his, his two years in a row to a knee injury. And when we lost him, we went from being decent size back to being mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a pretty small team as far as size. You know, our that freshman Sapahoodle he is six five, six six, so. Minus him, we really go five guys under six foot or right around six foot, and we've been preaching this now for like the last two or three weeks. If we win the rebound battle, usually we're going to win the game, and uh, we've been doing that. We've been doing that the last few weeks. Uh, early in the year, our one loss, we lost to Okarchi, and uh, they get jumped out on us early, and we, we had two really good quarters, and we had an eight-point lead going in the fourth quarter, and they absolutely abused us on the glass in the fourth quarter. So... From that point forward, we've kind of been preaching it, and, and you know, more so now, if we can block out, and they're super athletic, and it will be tough to block them out, but if we can do that, I think we'll win tonight. You, I've seen you the a couple times uh, here, and then earlier in there, you mentioned the West Central. I saw you over there. You, you guys got such a good outside shooting team. That's what I took away uh, from what I've seen. What if that doesn't work? Is it, you mentioned the rebounding. Is but, there? Do you, do you alter that? Do you go inside? What do you do? So, uh, so when I got to Calumet in 17, uh, they averaged about 30, 33, 34 threes a game. And since that point, we tried to drive the ball to the basket. We want to get free throws. You know, we want to get to the free throw line. And saying that, when you get to state tournament, it's hard to get free throws, man. Like yesterday, I think we shot two the first half. Mm -hmm. So 
We try to cut you down from the inside out. I know sometimes it looks opposite of that, like we're shooting the outside and going in, but we try to preach getting to the rim. Yeah, and, and as you get in, get the ball at least into the paint, no matter where the shot comes from, it does break down the defense. And it, yes. and it seems like with guys stepping into shots, getting a, getting a feed from in the post or in the lane, more likely to knock down those threes to me because you know, you're squared up and you're ready to shoot it, just catch and go. Yeah, so in college we really worked on uh, one thing we did when I was a shooter in college and we shot sets of 50 mm -hmm. and uh, all those passes. And so I do that now with my kids and we you know all those passes go inside to out. So that's what I was just talking this morning about. When we get in the lane, if we kick out, that's just like the set of 50 we're shooting all the time. So inside out. And another thing, if we can get inside, Kenton only plays five guys. If we can get inside, maybe we can get one or two of them in foul trouble and get to their bench. And that would be a big bonus for us. You, you mentioned not getting to the foul line. <clears throat> As the playoffs go on, it does seem like it's more physical. A little bit more stuff goes on. And so to that point, your bench, what do you got that can come off the bench if somebody does get into, get into a little bit of foul trouble? Well, you know, I've been playing ten guys most of the whole year. Uh, we do have one maybe – we have a senior that came off ACL from last year. His knee's not strong, and he's our best shooter. But if, if they run a zone, I'm going to put him in, put him in the corner, and hopefully he gets because His name's Jared Sandoval, so hopefully he can get us going. But, no, we play four freshmen off the bench, and uh, every one of them averaged over five a game, and they all contribute different ways. One day one might have 17. The next day you know, he might not score, and the other one has 15. They, they're all capable of scoring, and they're all, I mean, they're all good for us. Coach says you're, you're, you're here a lot in the state tournament. Does your routine change from day to day? Like, did you go home last night? I mean, kind of, it's not too far yeah, away, or did you I, stay here? I know this just because I read it the other day. We're 37 miles away here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so we go home. Like last night, our kids love basketball. They love to be out and watching it. So last night, we watched the game after ours, and I made them go home. We went and ate, went home. I said, don't go back. Watch the B-girls. Y'all mm -hmm. get some sleep. Again, this is a business trip here sure. for a day or two. And uh, – so that's good for us. We're able to go home. We're close enough we can get to the house. So that's good for us. All my guys basically said they went to bed 9 to 10 o'clock last night. There's not many of them that can say that. Yeah, yeah that's true. And that's definitely well, what that's I'd included. be saying. But no matter if it's <laughs> yeah. right or not, I'd be telling you that anyway, right? Yeah, yeah you probably. And I'm sure some of that did go on. Uh, Coach, hey, we'll let you go. I know you're going to watch this game at 30-30 at halftime between Fort Cobb and Glencoe. Thanks so much for stopping by, and if we don't see you again, I know I'm going to see you at the end of that's April. That's right. That's right. That's definitely right. I'll work on my game between now and then. Uh, yeah, you better be ready. Your back better be strong. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. I've thinned up just a little bit, so you don't have to carry quite as much on there your you back go. when we get there. All right, it's head coach Jacob Mayfield. Good luck, Coach. Thanks, guys. Calumet Chieftains joining us here for a little bit. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I see Brian down there. We need to wave at him. Text, yeah, shoot sure him he text forgot. I'm glad he gave me his number. Yeah, get him up He might here. regret that, though. <laughs> we'll talk to uh, Brian Lester of the OSSAA. Get his ideas on uh, what's different in his life going from the, the coaching on the sidelines inside this arena to setting everything up for the OSSAA in these playoffs. It's a Skinny on Sports on the Garrison Financial Friday. We're hanging out right here inside the big house on Radio Row. Coming back next with Mr. Lester from the OSSAA. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back inside the big house. It's the Skinny on Sports on a Garrison Financial Friday. Hanging out here halftime in the first game of the day, the Class B boys semifinal between Fort Cobb, Broxton, and Glencoe. 30-30 to 30 is the uh, score at halftime. It's been a fun one. Trey Spear with 17, Craig Rogers with 14 on the Fort Cobb side. Joined now by uh, Mr. Brian Lester from the OSSAA. Now, memory serves, you were a coach just last year, right, at Tuttle? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. 
So you've gone from the coaching side of waiting on the bracket, looking at the bracket, what's going to happen, where are we going, to now the man that kind of puts it together. What's the, do, you, do you find yourself thinking, you know what, I was probably too hard on those guys as a coach <laughs> now that you're doing yeah. that job? I, I tried to let Mr. Glover know the last few years. I, I just said we appreciated everything he does. I didn't realize... I, I'll just say I have a lot more respect for him every day in this job. You know, uh, that it's tough to put those together. You, you know, we're, we have so many things you're trying to do, and you want you want to give every team, not just the top teams, you want to give every team that fair chance to do what they're capable of doing. So, so kind of lead, kind of lead us down through the different criteria that you're looking for in order to accomplish that task. So, you know, we have the coaches' rankings, so what we're trying to do is take the top four and split them up into the four areas. And then the next four, you're trying to put those into the four areas. And we're really trying to get those next four. So you have that criteria. And then you want to make sure you don't have any less than four ranked teams, any more than six ranked teams in each area. And then boys and girls together, and you don't want anyone traveling too far. <laughs> yeah, you I was going to ask if travel was a consideration, you know, because you got to think in mind of schools and have to fill up those buses full of gas. So I'm sure that is in consideration as well. For sure. You know, uh, we want to get the brackets right, and we want to give everyone their fair chance, and we don't want to make people travel 400 miles to go play a game. You know, that's what we're trying to do. I know that. Some of the, like 2A through 4A was so difficult because we have three, one team like 2A. We had Dell girls kind of in the middle, and then we had Ampo and Merritt, one, two, and three. Well, they're going to have to match up, and then everyone else, we had Preston who's not as far east, mm -hmm. and then everyone else is along the Arkansas border. So, you know, what you're trying to do is maybe get them in a region of eight and then meet in the middle is what that's what I tried to do. Yeah, say when we looked at that 2A girls early on, when Merritt was kind of at the bottom of the top eight, it made sense. Oh, Ampo Merritt made at Chickasha or wherever, somewhere in the, along the way. That's pretty easy. And then all of a sudden, Merritt didn't lose, and now they're both in the top three, and it becomes extremely difficult travel-wise. Exactly. And, you know, and, and you feel for those. But I know at one time they used to just draw the state into four quadrants mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is the way we're going to do it. I think the way we're doing it now is more fair to everybody, but it also involves a little bit more travel. But you want to get the best teams here and give those teams a chance to win a state championship. So all those things considered, you try not to ask them to travel too much, but at the same time you want those, those top teams to have the best chance. Well, then I would go to 4A, you know, the Western Conference and boys and girls, especially the girls' side. I mean, it's just that's just where the, the top teams are. And so at least a bunch of those – Terry Tuttle, Anadarko, some of those, even Weatherford, not too far away from centralized anyhow. So that, that makes it a little bit better than clear out where we're at with Merritt. Yeah, it uh, it seems the bigger schools migrate more to towards the metro area. So they're right along I-40, 44, 35. They can, it, the travel is not as, as tough on them. I know two years ago, I think, we, uh, we went to Shakota for area the year uh, we won it at Tuttle. So, you know, sometimes you have to, but at the same time, if it's the if it's best for your team, typically if you got a chance to win, you don't mind. <laughs> you don't mind getting in the bus. <laughs> this building, it's it's about to wrap up and you know, already already seeing the construction and, and stuff like that. How is the res I mean, people just kind of bend with it and how's the response been? You know, in, people have out? been great. They, you know, obviously the parking and the entrance is a little bit more difficult this year. Uh, our teams are having to park the buses and walk on the back side. But they've been great, you know. To be honest, I haven't had one email complaining about what they had to do. You know, uh, we've taken some extra security precautions this year with having to walk through the metal detectors. And so there was a few bumps last week at wrestling, and they've learned some things. I told uh, Mr. Ruth, who this was his first year at the OSSA, <laughs> I appreciate you giving me the go-around and uh, taking care of those things so it'd be a little bit more smooth during my week. <laughs> We're hanging out with uh, Brian Lester from the OSSAA. It, it's, I mean, looking around, there's a whole bunch of people in here that this is what they do this week. And so to, to have this stuff happening, 
it's pretty good on them to not get too frustrated because it gets people out of their rhythm, out of their routine. We asked Jacob about that a little bit, about his Calumet Chieftains. He's like, you know what, who cares? We're here. You do what you got to do. You know, that's like uh, I thought one of the best things Mr. Glover did was make it an all-day event, you know. And I know uh, some teams, when you draw that 9 o'clock game, they're kind of, you know, we played in that early game the last couple of years. And to be honest, I loved it. You got up, you went to the game, you played, and then you got to just relax. And, you know, it wasn't stressing all day about what's going to happen at the game. You just got here. And it's such a great atmosphere. I think our crowds have been fantastic. We've had some outstanding games. I mean, this has been as competitive as I've seen it in a long time. So, yeah. Um, what do you got? I, I'm just. I want to ask about the scoreboard. What happened? Oh, th- okay. That was my next question. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was I'm trying to find a nice way to ask that. So, a, a new guy's nightmare. The scoreboard <laughs> goes out. So. Um, Basically, you know, the other night, uh, what we found out, you know, they still have those the old cable that has the, like the 16, 20 pins in the back. Okay. And either one of them just got loose or one of them went out, whatever it is. So they basically, the next morning we figured out, uh, they replaced that cable, restarted everything. They said if, if that cable does isn't connected all the way and once you get it back connected, you have to do a total reset. So, you know, we were turning things on and off. They were working in the control room. You know, that's one thing. Being an AD last year at Tuttle, if something went wrong, I knew how to do the scoreboard. Yeah. I knew where the extra, you know, controller. <laughs> I knew all those things. Here, we're just like, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to work on my time, and they're working on their time. So during that first game uh, the coaches were so great about hey we understand you know it is what it is and so my wife actually texted me and said hey can you find some flip scores so that at least people can see yeah. and uh, we were miss castle uh, was able to get a tiny scoreboard really that was and it wasn't and i hated it for the fans because they couldn't see but it was for the coaches to be able to see team fouls and score throughout right. the game so that was that was a blessing. I was so thankful she was able to do that for us. And then, thankfully, trust we, me, thankfully. We might have just. They maybe need We might have chance fade here because they're trying to get the eight <laughs> minutes back on the clock and they're having some issues. I hope we didn't uh, jinx it there by yeah, talking no about it. If you need to go, we understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I may have to wrap this up and see this. where we are. What are the chances? You got those scoreboards <laughs> handy by chance, just in case? We did not take them out of the building. So. <laughs> All right, hey, you better get to work. All right, All right. Thanks, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Uh, Coach, uh, uh, Mr. Brian Lester right. with the OSSA. Thank you. Appreciate it. You betcha. Yeah, baptism by fire for that poor guy in yeah. his first year. Here yeah, we are he's again. And there he is. He's hopping over the rail getting – he's trying to – yeah. As we appreciate – we ask the question about crazy? the scoreboard. We appreciate his time, though. Somebody jiggled, somebody jiggled the wire. Well, I mean, kind of answer a question. I mean, that was my first – like, well, did customer support tell him to turn it off and turn it back on? Now, it was much more complicated <laughs> than that, but eventually that's what they had to do. They might have to do it again. They're, what they're happening here is they – the scoreboard's on for our listeners, but the, they can't get the clock, the clock. And see, to and go that's, back to eight minutes. And that was the one fortunate thing, I guess, in a lot of ways the other night, was that the clocks above the goals were functioning. Now, that's not happening here, That's though. not happening. Now it's the clock that's not wanting to function. Yeah, the lights are stuck on, you know, the lights that come on inside the backboard. to Something froze up. Yeah, something is frozen. Wyatt, did you break it? Did you break the scoreboard? <laughs> Oh, boy. What a crazy, crazy deal. Uh, we, we do appreciate Mr. Lester's time right as soon as. <laughs> what are the odds? Right as soon as we ask him the question about the scoreboard, it, uh, they, it malfunctions. I'm sure there's a backup plan. Maybe keep, I don't Somebody know. Somebody jiggle the cable. I'm Maybe that wire he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel right. for him that just uh, as frustrating as that is, right in the middle of the game, you prefer that to happen at some other time, like before the game, maybe in the pregame, and, and not right in the middle of the game. Yeah. At least it's, I mean, it's quite literally in the middle of the game, but not like with three minutes left to go yeah. in the fourth quarter and then something happens. But yeah, at, least, it, are, uh, at least at halftime, crazy. you can kind of go back through a warm up process and, and be able to 
you know, give a couple of extra minutes here at the start. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure that you know, it just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. You have to roll with the punches, right? Yep. Yeah, but this um, this good game here, 30-30 to 30 at half, I think is about uh, what we expect. Now they're going <laughs> to. Now the Jeopardy theme is playing <laughs> for my man Booker Blakely, and he's looking down there laughing. I think they got it. Now we got some. Ah, there we go. All right, there we go. See, that's the beauty of it, right? He just said, now I know how to fix things. He knew how to fix things in the tunnel. Now he knows how to fix the scoreboard here inside the big house. Well, he got down there in a hurry, too. Yeah, Mr. Did. Lester did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to tell him the other night, you know, when he was, you, you'd always see him standing behind the scorer's table when the, with the shots from the, uh, the, the live stream or right. whatever, if you're right. watching. Mr. Jackson would be down there. Grant Gower would be down there. And he was down there. Grant and Mr. Jackson were just kind of giggling around. They were having a good time. His face has always He's looked that one of horror because it was his fault. Yeah. You know, it was his job to fix it. So that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty humorous that uh, to see the difference in the reactions from those two guys uh, as that was uh, figured out. So they've got it figured out, and we're back ready to go. Actually, the second half has started. Before Cobb knocking down a three and leading by three, 30 seconds into the second half. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this Garrison Financial Friday. Uh, we'll hit that Merit game again, tell you what all the broadcast schedule will be throughout the day Perfect. on the Paragon Sports Network. Skinny on Sports, hanging out inside the big house right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings, or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at SoonerWealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal. We're hanging out inside the big house. Class B boys semifinals underway. Fort Cobb Broxton, the number one team in Class B, leading the Glencoe, uh, Glencoe Panthers by a deuce. It's 38-36. Fort Cobb has outscored Glencoe 8-6 early on here in the third quarter of the game, tied at 30 uh, when they went into halftime. Been a fun game from what you kind of watch a little bit here and there. Back and forth, a, a really good basketball game so far between Fort Cobb and Glencoe. And shockingly enough, Coach Jeff Whedon whining about a call. Uh, <laughs> Careful, the Glencoe fans are behind I don't us. care. <laughs> uh, coming Wait, up today. Here, on, realistically, I mean, it's a two-point game, now a three-point game. I hope every game like this or is like this today. I mean, really, as from just from a non-rooting interest, I want to see that. I'm for local rooting interest, I want Hammond to win, but um, you want those entertaining games, and you should get those. You hope to get those because these are now the top four teams in each respective class, right? Yeah, it seems like we got them more in the boys than the girls, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there were some blowouts in the girls, obviously, in Class B yesterday. There was a ton of blowouts throughout the now as Jake and Whedon just literally ran through Rogers. Rogers might need another jersey after that collision. There he got... He's already traded or changed out jerseys once. I mean, he got tackled. Yeah. He got tackled, and the, and, and the coach is whining about a foul. <laughs> That's incredible. It's and not he's surprising. staring down. Oh, yeah. Wow. He might get teed up. It is hard to do a show and watch what's unraveling in front of us right now. <laughs> Well, it's just a, now you get now you yeah. got a player coming over to get in get, to get in the face of the official. I mean that's yeah yeah. Yep. Tyson does Tyson does a good job. Actually, to be honest with you, Trey Spear, the, the player for Glencoe, defused that as much as anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, 
So we've got Hammond tonight, 7.30, Class B girls, semifinal. They will take on Buffalo Valley. And then, of course, at 6 o'clock, 2A area final that Merida Witherettes will face Hooker, the Lady Bulldogs, up at Enid at the Stride Bank Center. You know, a lot of the focus this week is on A and B state tournaments, but the Lady Warriors, man, or the Lady, uh, the Oilerettes, man, they have been fantastic. One point away, well, I guess two points away, from an undefeated season, a, a one-point loss to Canute to start. They ran off 24 in a row. That train has just been rolling, and it, and it does seem like outside of the first half against Sayre in the district tournament, Merritt's even, they're kind of cranking up their level of play as what, what we talked about with Leedy and Hammond. Seems like Merritt's done that as well once they got into the playoffs. Yeah, I was having this discussion uh, earlier this week with somebody about I would almost be shocked. I, I'm trying not to jinx this or get way ahead of the card, but I would be shocked if they're not playing late to the state tournament next or next week. Uh, that's how good they are. Um, I think, you know, once they got on that roll and they started beating some teams, I think the first win for me that got my attention was over a Hammond team. And they, then they go on and beat Hammond two more times, and they have some key wins. Uh, they eventually uh, lost to Canute twice. Was it? No, just once. And um, they've looked good in every single game outside of one, every single game. And you, you're right. It's like they're getting better in every single game, if you can believe that or not. That, that even in the playoffs, they kind of had that lackluster start against Sayre, but then they've they just gone crazy throughout this run. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how many Hooker fans we have listening to us, so I'm sorry for this. I don't expect this to be much of a game tonight. Now, the I've seen them both play, and I, I think Merritt is just simply the better team. Just a way better team. That's the one thing that you got to think about. Um, with the, with, you know, the everything looks like it's in Merritt's favor as far as uh, the season this year. And then you, you know, if you're on the Hooker side of things, you think, okay, well, maybe we've got to revent. Nope, that's on that's on Merritt's side too because of last year in the regional finals. So uh, the, all the intangibles seem on Merritt's side. Uh, the season and the way that uh, they played does as well. And so, man, I just it feels like Merritt is just kind of a locomotive right now headed to uh, being right here in this building next Tuesday at some point with the 2A uh, state tournament starting. You don't want to jinx anything like that, but it does seem like Merritt's just kind of on a roll and they're, they're headed right here into this building next week at it some point. absolutely feels like it. Absolutely does. And, and they're just building on what they started last year with you know, making the state tournament and, and falling short in the first round. Again, I'd be shocked if um, they're not maybe playing for a title. You know, it's it's a stair-step effect a lot of times even here. You get here, you're kind of wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and, and maybe things don't go well on the scoreboard for you. But then you get back, and then you go, okay, we we've here. been here yeah. before. Yeah. We've done this before. Now it's time to really get serious, and I think that may be where the Oilerettes are. After last year, putting up a heck of a fight against Pacola in the in the quarterfinals, Pacola ended up being the eventual 2A champ. Merritt played them off their feet throughout the entirety of that basketball game. Now getting that getting that taste, getting that experience under your belt, now you got a chance to come back in here a year later. You know what to expect. There's going to be no surprises, and you're able to just come out. Uh, got to get here first, obviously. you got to be able to win a game. Um, either tonight or tomorrow night if things don't go well. You have to be able to get here to be able to take advantage uh, of being here last year. But it sure seems like the Oilerettes and just the way that they've uh, just gotten better throughout the year. You know, we, we talked yesterday leading into the Hammond and Leedy game. You know, a lot of people were like, well, Leedy's not the same team. Guess what? Neither was Hammond. And we found that out last night. You know, teams continually yeah. get better throughout the season uh, that, that end up here. And I think that's kind of where the Oilerettes are right now with and, Coach Doherty, and, and they've, they've really got things rolling. Right, and I'll say it again. It just shows you how good Western Oklahoma basketball is, is when Hammond and Merritt are playing each other or, you know, Arapahoe and Hammond and, or Canute and Merritt. I mean, it just shows you. And then when you go outside of that and you start playing these other teams, it – I, we, we say it all the time until we're blue in the face, and I'll continue to say it. Some of the best basketball in the state is played in western Oklahoma, right there in our own backyard. Well, think about that eight-team, five-county conference girls basketball tournament, okay? Think about what you had there. In that five-county of the eight teams, you've got two that played last night, one that's going to play tonight, obviously. you got the Oilers Reds, who appear poised to be in this building next week. And then with Arapahoe and Canute, one win away 
five teams in an eight-team conference that were right on the doorstep or were in mm -hmm. the state tournament, two of which seemed like they had chances to win the whole thing. Well, it was it two or three years ago? We were very fortunate. And you mentioned girls, boys too, where, where we had a ton of teams in this tournament. Uh, how many playing for a title on that Saturday? It seemed like, you remember that? What was that, two or three years ago? 2020. 2020. And that was a lot of fun. And, and sometimes the stars align where everything you just mentioned works out. And we have multiple teams in the state tournament. Sometimes it's an oddity when they're not. Some people are kind of, whoa, what, why, only, why only one or two teams? But that's just sometimes how it shakes out. But point is, all this is, we're very fortunate to have the quality of basketball out here in western Oklahoma. No doubt about it. And uh, we're going to get to be able to show that to you video-wise at 6 o'clock on Paragon TV with Merritt and Hooker. And then you'll be able to listen to it on the radio call for uh, Hammond and also Buffalo Valley. The whining has helped. <laughs> the whining has taken effect as all of a sudden Fort Cobb's getting called for a foul every time down the floor. Look at Coach Hines. He's pointing at Coach Weed. I love this. He's pointing at him saying, you're letting him call the game. I love it from Coach Hines as he's just pointing at him, just like shaking his head at the guy going, oh, almost like you're a joke. There are some people that are going, wait a minute, that's Coach Hines? I love this. That. I love it. Because he's just like, I mean, as soon as, the, as soon as the whining started on one end, here came the calls, and it feels like it's been a foul every time down the floor on Fort Cobb since. So yep. I guess maybe effective. In some, in some fashion, but uh, it's definitely under the skin of the brilliant Scott Hines. <laughs> and for good reason. It's under my skin as well. And I guess at some point when both fan bases are mad at you, if you're the official, that means you're doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if everybody's mad at you, then you're doing well. Yeah. Yeah, one-point lead for Fort Cobb, 127 in the third quarter. And there's a turnover. And another turnover. See, I'm doing it again. I'm yeah. doing the play-by-play. Fixing to be a bucket for Fort Cobb. There we go. All right, where are we at? A couple more minutes to yeah, go. Yeah, five, six more minutes. Uh, anything else from around the state uh, as far as the bigger classes? I know Weatherford, they've got a couple of chances tonight to make their way into the 4A state tournament with both teams in the area finals. Yeah. Uh, that, that's something that, you know, I mentioned the Western Conference coach Lester uh, and his, his eyes kind of lit up knowing what that battle is, being at, uh, being at Tuttle for the last couple of years, including a state title two years ago, a state runner-up last year as they were beaten in the finals. But, you know, I, I asked Mark that question, Western Conference or the field. And, man, for me, at least in the girls' side of things, it is really hard for me not to take the Western Conference over the field because you get – Bethany, you get Weatherford, you get Tuttle, you get uh, Kingfisher, who I believe won yesterday, so they're still on the road back in the area tournament. Yeah, they beat Salisaw. So, it, you know, it, to me, if you end up with half the field or five out of the eight, you know, in the tournament next week in 4A girls, I think you got a really good chance uh, to, be, to end up with the state champ. Well, I'm a big believer of iron sharpens iron. So I'm always kind of leaning on that. So that's where I kind of go with the Western Conference over maybe one or two teams outside of it. I know Mark went the other way, but I I, I just believe in that. I think um, when you're, you're playing, when Tuttle and, and Bethany are playing every night or, or, or every night or Kingfisher, all those you mentioned, it just makes them better. It just does. It just, it just makes them for a better brand of basketball. Yeah, and I, I expect – that 4 the 4A boys tournament to be awesome. Yes. I mean, absolutely awesome uh, when they get here next week because there's just a whole bunch of really good teams. And I, but I don't know that there's one that's separated itself. I mean, you, you think about the top three that have all kind of played each other. Weatherford and Kingfisher split. Kingfisher was beaten on a buzzer beater by Crossings. You know, so those teams, if you transit a property that around, yeah. they're kind of there. And then you got Douglas. A lot of people have Douglas as the favorite at number four uh, with what they've got coming back. I saw Newcastle. I know they're still in the, they're in the, uh, the, the consolation bracket, but they won last night. And so they advanced to today. Um, Oklahoma Christian Schools is another one. There's just a – man, there is a bunch of really good teams, but I don't know if there's a guaranteed dominant one out there. It, it just – I think it's going to be a lot of fun next year – or next week, I mean, with the 4A Boys State Tournament here in the Big House. I know it's way outside of our listening area, but um, if you know uh, 
the name's going to rem- re- I don't know we have Clinton listeners, Maria Thorpe, Dave Thorpe, yep. uh, Dave Thorpe's granddaughter, Maria's daughter, oldest daughter, who used to play at Calumet, transferred over to El Reno. They punched their ticket last night, so they're in the 5A state Yeah, I saw El Reno is in the 5A tournament. And they eventually lost to Piedmont uh, by uh, winning 46-43 last night. Huge shot. Didn't go. Cobb with the offensive board couldn't put it back. 43-44 Cobb after three quarters as they head to the fourth quarter here in the first game of the day. The Class B boys semifinal between Glencoe and Fort Cobb. The defending champ, number 10, Panthers of Glencoe, and the number one Fort Cobb Broxton so, you know, Mustangs. I pose, you posed the question to me, I think it was yesterday, I'll ask you outside of, say, the Hammond game, what game are you looking forward to today? Maybe this one? <laughs> oh, this one was this definitely one. Up there. The next one. I, honestly, the boys' games, it, it seems like the boys' games have a little bit more intrigue to them. Um, just because there isn't ceiling like there is in the girls, you know what I'm saying? I, I do, yeah, I know what you're I, saying. I do like the opposite games in the in the, in the the girls. I want to see uh, Riverside and Caddo. I think that could be a heck of a game. Yep. At the same time, Pittsburgh-Lomega, I think that could be a heck of a game. I mean, obviously, you know, Hammond and Ceiling looked off the charts, but they have to do it again today. Uh, but those two look good, and then the, in, the entirety of the Class, B bo- uh, the class A boys, every single game. Give, I mean, it, like I said, the boys. It just it seems like yeah. there's a bunch of teams in on the boys brackets in both A and B that are fairly. They're, they're whoever plays better will win. Right. You know, I, I don't think you can call really anything that happens today or tomorrow a giant upset in either boys bracket. No. I think you just kind of hey, who played well, and and I think that could lead to getting some really good games. And the boys' side, obviously, here yeah, to start. That's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. You're in the you're top four. You're getting the top four teams in each class. And, and the boys especially, I think you're right. You're going to get re- We're going to get really good games. The first one so far, so good. For me, yes, um, I've always been, when this bracket was released in Class A, boys, I thought anybody could win this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that still rings true. We're going to get some really good games in, in Class A, boys. And the Riverside Caddo girls game. Uh, in Class A girls intrigues me too. Yeah, I think I think those uh, the, the two the two opposite semifinals of the uh, of Sealing and Hammond uh, those other two heck yeah I think you're you're looking at Pittsburgh Lomega and like you said Riverside versus Caddo I think you've got two really good matchups there and I have my opinion on who <laughs> in, in A at least I would really like to see Caddo uh, just for the game tomorrow against Sealing. Yeah, we've seen Riverside that didn't work out. Uh, very well for the uh, Lady Braves. As, oh, my gosh. Coach Hines may come unglued. Eli Willett's got knocked down on a drive in the lane. No foul, no foul call. Then he stole it and got called for a foul reaching in. Oh, wow. This is beautiful. All right, let's go. we got to get out of here. <laughs> okay. Everybody have a great weekend. Don't forget, Merritt, Hooker, 6 o'clock, Paragon TV for the live video of that Class 2A area final. And then at 7.30, we've got the Hammond Lady Warriors on the radio, Cool 94 and the Hammond Channel. You'll get the live coverage of that against Buffalo Valley in the Class B girls semifinal. Everybody have a great weekend. Thank you to Scott Garrison, Garrison Financial Friday. This has been the Skinny on Sports on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.